Welcome to the SaaS Ad Lab podcast, where we interview the stories of SaaS founders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. My name is Luis. I'm the founder of Phantom Agency, a digital marketing agency specializes in scaling SaaS companies. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Chits. He is the co-founder over at GoComet. And first of all, thanks so much for being on here. I know it's really early for you. We, I think we rescheduled this maybe like three or four times. Um, so I appreciate your patience. And uh, to get started, right, why don't you just really dive into how everything sort of happened, right? You, you seem like you're very, uh, not very young, but you're definitely a younger individual, right? And, and the company seems very enterprise level. So I'm really curious as to how, you know, what were the sort of steps that were taken into building GoComet? Yeah, uh, thanks Louis for having me. And yes, I, uh, I, I believe that I'm young. It's just like a little bit of, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, so I think, um, uh, we started, uh, in 2016, late, late, late part of the later part of the 2016. And, uh, uh how go started was very, very differently where we are right now. Sorry. So basically, um, uh, we, uh, in terms, uh, I started my first company when I was in college, uh, in 2015, I graduated from Indian Institute of Technology, Delhi. And, um, after my first company, I exited it to, uh, another larger company, which was funded by SoftBank. And then I had some cash in the bank for, so, so basically for fun, we started an export import company, basically moving things from China to us. And there was no strings attached in that business. It was a, like, just have fun, make a little bit of money nothing about it. And it was very, very small. I mean, not like any large export import company. So in that we started facing some, uh, problems with international freight negotiation. So that's where we jumped in and said, Hey, look, this is a nice space. It's, it's really large. Uh, it's a global, global space. And yeah. certainly it has a lot of lacuna in terms of, you know, technology across the entire board. Right. So if we, as techno as technologists and as, as, you know, younger founders, we wish that we'll build more of a technology heavy business rather than operational heavy business, uh, which playing basically on our strengths. And that's, if that's what, how eventually GoComet uh, started and we immediately raised our first round uh, kind of when we left housing and, um, then yeah, slowly, slowly things started shaping up. So at an enterprise level, um, when we just started GoComet, it was completely different. We were building something like a digital freight forwarder. But when we started pitching that digital freight forwarder to typically large enterprises, we were pitching to a very large steel company in India. Um, they said, guys, you are too small to, you know, really negotiate freight against the big guys like DHL and Nagel and Panalpina. I said, yeah, that actually makes sense. I mean, however big, however we think we are, we are nothing as compared to these large freight forwarders. We cannot even beat their prices or their service levels. And that's where he said that, how about I just take the software piece and start, you know, negotiating with my current suppliers. And that's where we started working with that company for a month or a couple of months. That deal did not go through though. Uh, but it led us to that level of, you know, building an enterprise SaaS company. In so super interesting, right? Um, I mean, just the, the entire story is kind of like, it's, it's a very unique one. It's not your typical SaaS founder story where he's just, you know, grinding away almost. Um, and, and I'm sure like that's part of, you know, some of the pieces here, whether it was with, with GoComet or the, or the company before that, but still it seems like, like it's a very unique um, case. And so was the other company at all 
related to the to the to the space to the niche that you're in now or it, it's, it's like how do you how do you get there so uh, great so um i at that point of time we were really confused on really what to do with our life <laughs> we had raised money and uh, we were we were a bit confused like okay we we raised money on something but that something was clearly not working and or we didn't see that scaling it was working but we didn't see that scaling rapidly or we didn't see that scaling in a more you know, like a economically viable business model right uh, so how that happened was we basically uh, started you know uh, we started hustling i started hustling a lot in the market right um, i was a hustler so um, we immediately landed um, i started i made a cold call literally a cold call to one of the largest pharma companies in india it was not one of the largest it is the largest pharma company in india and these guys they said like uh, this looks interesting we had we had absolutely no traction at that point of time but they said that these guys look interesting and you definitely are solving one of our key problems with an enterprise saas product like you know we gave them a vendor management kind of a tool that okay give use a, use go comet and start managing a multiple freight forwarders uh, using go comet and these guys said yeah uh, that makes sense and uh, how about you do a small pilot a proof of concept and you know at that point of time obviously it was uh, very enticing but uh, we kind of held our ground and we negotiated a paid pilot right uh, because and it was the largest pharma company and uh, why i negotiated a paid pilot uh, the rational behind was that i wanted the company to be uh, you know keen on it was small beans but it, it if there's a money on the table the other person is you know at least committed to the cause right at least he uses yeah. for a couple of months and in that uh, pilot we started seeing some interesting things we built up initially we built up a form of you know auctioning for that company Mm. which ended up increasing their freight rates on a couple of lanes so <laughs> it didn't make sense right so then uh, we realized that okay there's something that is going wrong then we looked at the data and we started you know you know uh, theorizing and uh, basically it was it was a very very short time like it was just two months so it has to be like super power packed one of my co-founders actually you know uh, sat from morning 10 o'clock to evening 9 o'clock in that company's office so that the product is done and suddenly we before that company we were doing like very small like four five shipments a month kind of a volume but after that company came in suddenly the volume pumped up to 2000 shipments a month right and initially tech guys were also chilling out in the office and then suddenly everything started yeah. ramping yeah. up right so suddenly the volume is huge and when we realized that the auction that we created was not right there was uh, there was not the right kind of uh, thing that we do done in the market uh, now but we we tweaked the product a little bit and then that company started saving substantial amount of money okay and plus the user option was super high uh, they like the product the company was also that pharma company was very supportive that's so great like, yeah let's let's go for it right and then we negotiated a very good commercial contract uh, considering the stage it was it's, it's a very good commercial contract that we negotiated it's still one of our top uh, you know five six customers that company is still one of our five so five ever six. since This is one of the first ones too, right? And they're still customers. That was absolutely first one. And they're still uh, customers. And yeah, and it is uh, still, you know, obviously very close to all of our hearts, and uh, we still. That's great. So yeah, things things did work out. So one of the learnings that I had, uh, you know, when you're building a SaaS company, 
especially at an enterprise level and uh, and a lot of times you don't know what you're doing right uh, yeah probably you were like it removed that okay we build something and this looks interesting but you don't know the exact core product or exact core proposition you should always tap the biggest guy in the market mm-hmm. because what i've realized the big companies are big because they are innovation friendly mm-hmm. same thing happened in thailand thailand again one of we when we went to thailand we just started international absolutely had no clue how to sell uh, you know saas internationally it requires a lot more depth uh, than india mm. our first customer was uh, one of the largest companies in thailand singapore again one of the very very large automobile company automobile companies was one of our first adopters mm. so you know, things, things and what, what 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 was the i mean what was the key factor that you know these huge companies were going for the small guys in this case see number one uh, our product is a little uniquely positioned the problem that we target uh, is not solved uh, by any other current uh, you know software product in the mm-hmm. world. not the way we solve it right mm-hmm. it's, it's substantially better because we built uh, completely from scratch for international freight logistics and have right. a full suite of uh, logistics resource management software we call it as lrm lrm uh-huh. suite for solving a lot of niche things that's cool now uh, second thing is that the larger the enterprise is the bigger the problem is the scale of the problem is bigger mm-hmm. and it is more uh, more kind of pertinent for the enterprise so right. that's where uh, you know if we if we give them a good suite of product which is not uh, operationally super expensive and does not ha- have a very very ha- high upfront deployment cost or something they kind of go for it mm-hmm. that's great one of the things that you brought in uh, brought up earlier just now was you know the, the difficulty of selling the saas internationally right and and i think that's something that you know i i wouldn't completely understand because i'm not selling software right like we're we're really just getting leads for companies in the software space but we're not the ones selling the the the, the product right after all so i think that's a, that's a good you know thing to kind of touch on here is what were some of the kind of like you know objections or barriers that you ran into when saying you you went from selling purely in india to selling in thailand to selling in japan what are some of those key differences that just make it you know harder enough to make it an issue yeah makes sense uh, so see selling in india was uh, every country has their own challenges like i can tell up tell you about three markets that i've certainly worked in india uh, singapore and thailand where i have personally worked a lot so singapore malaysia is very similar in behavior so i consider more mostly i can same market but uh, india is very relationshipy kind of market so it's more it's 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 a cultural issue that's happening exactly it, there are there are cultural differences here definitely and because of that cultural differences your sales cycle does change quite a bit so sales mm-hmm. cycle and approach does change quite a bit like for example in a country like india um you don't know how the negotiation and when the negotiation is going to happen and if the <laughs> negotiation is even going to happen like i'm not kidding i'm indian right but indians are really very hard negotiators when it comes to cost i mean frankly uh, you they're know really good. Independent... huh they're really good at negotiating it's not about good sometimes some people are ruthless <laughs> hands down ruthless right <laughs> and you go into an enterprise they say 
so even though the guy would like the product but they will have a complete poker face and mm. uh, and they'll say uh, no no it does not look good <laughs> like okay okay i want to close this account i have sales targets on my head and you say okay let's give them a free pilot right and one month in the free pilot people may use may not use and then you are also concerned right you've given a free pilot and initially you try to pitch pricing initially you try to close pricing but the guy say no 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 you first do pilot then we'll see <laughs> and this thing puts you in a big big trouble right once you have done the half the pilot and then you're like right. uh, yeah and let's let's close right uh, let's let's talk commercials let's talk numbers but the guys keep on delaying and, and then you are desperate and at that point they start negotiating a commercial and you just give away give away at a at a cheap price right uh-huh. so that is india um hard negotiators <laughs> and very culturally diverse like selling in mumbai is very different from selling in markets like chennai hyderabad south uh-huh. india and different from selling in north of india so how how do you fix those i mean not not that they're problems but how you know like it's just what it is but so how how do you approach it how do you try to offset for that difference do you get do you do, do you i mean i don't know the structure of the company right i don't, I don't know if you guys are remote or all in house but do you attempt then if you're going to go after the 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 thai um you know country do you then just get people to sell that are from there and understand it more yes that is one thing but uh, recently uh, we are, we are still early as a company but recently in the past like 4 5 months what we have started doing is we have started controlling the process quite a bit that you know at every point we have defined that okay these are like you know say for example 10 steps to close a company right and you know it's like it's uh, you know properly defined each and every step even certain communication level steps like for example is gocomet matching internal kpis of the company if gocomet is matching internal kpis of the company let's say the board has said that we need some bit of transparency and we kind of make sure that gocomet fits that then there's a higher chance of selling because then it's more of you buying rather than me selling right does it make sense so basically that's where we have to we started positioning the product better which has helped us penetrate some good accounts and start penetrating deals faster and then there are alignment levels alignment levels that we have to define that okay are the users dm influencers aligned are they not aligned where they are in their entire thing so you know all these small small things we have started defining in the sales process and that is true for any culture like but uh, you know cultural differences are huge especially in you know looking at countries like india singapore thailand south east asia is very very different culture how many countries are you guys in now so we are uh, actively present in india is uh, still one of our biggest markets india thailand singapore malaysia and uh, we have just started europe germany and the nice. so these are like uh, so the most huh go ahead So basically, the first four, three, four markets are uh, core markets for us, like Southeast Asia and India is super core for us. And Germany is still just started. So yeah. How do they negotiate in Germany and Europe? Um, I have negotiate. We have some few customers there, which are mostly cross sells or upsells between customers within okay. our current customers. So not really new set of customers. We do have some presence, but not really. Uh-huh. So <laughs> it's still early. haven't negotiated much uh, right that's interesting now to kind of switch gears here what is the current sales process a little bit more in detail how are you guys currently you know how do you say okay let's call this company or this company could be you know a good prospect 
what does that look like? Is it all just, you know, pick up the phone and, and call people? Are you guys doing any sort of advertising? What's really going on as far as marketing? Yeah. So uh, in terms of sales, let's talk about sales first. So basically uh, in sales, the first part of the system is like uh, um, identification, right? Who's the right company? So first, in terms of sales, we work on a very, very limited funnel. So for example, at any point of time, I give my sales guys a 30, 40 fun, uh, company funnel. That's it. You don't have to work after. Uh, there may be thousand companies in the market that you can run after, but you will just get 30, 40. Even if you have to add, you know, one or two more, you need to have, uh, you need to, you know, get some sort of a permission from me mm-hmm. because if I give them a limit, that's the thesis. And then let's go into the sales process. So the thesis is that as long as these guys work on a limited funnel, they spend more time on accounts in order to make sure that they move. Right. I, I have large accounts in that funnel, like top probably say a couple of fortune 500 companies. They will obviously not say yes to you in the very first call, right? They right. You need to run after them. You need to warm them, you know, make sure that the companies are understand the value a little more. And then that's the idea. Um, the sales process split into obviously uh, six parts for us uh, right now. The first uh, the, and before that, there's an inside sales process. So inside sales is a separate team, uh, which uh, their KPI is to start setting number of certain uh, certain number of sales qualified leads and meetings. Um, the sales process starts with demo in front of the decision maker. You need to identify the right decision maker and give them the demo. That is that is quite hard actually. Uh, because uh, the, the the product that we're selling does not have a clear buying need right now. We're mm-hmm. still, you know, one of the early movers in the market. Because of that, it's hard to identify who's the decision maker. Right? It could be the CFO, it could be the head of exports, it could be the head of IT, and it's different for different companies. Mm-hmm. So the first part is identifying DM and selling uh, and giving the demo to the decision maker. Then, um, second part is uh, matching Go Comets. Uh, you know, internal KPIs to uh, go comments, go comments, value propositions to companies, internal KPIs, as I told you, right? It has to be, you have to push go comments so that it's a buying decision, not a selling one. Yeah. Third is, is go comment, uh, is a user decision maker and the influencer aligned because a lot of times uh, the kind of problem that we have faced, and there's no easy way to say that in especially emerging markets like India and Thailand, there are a bit of, you know, kickbacks in our business. What is it? Kickback. So user is, you know, taking money from the vendor. Hmm. And you know, if GoComet comes in, it uh, makes the entire process more transparent. So, you know, it's, it's impossible to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the users are not aligned when we go there. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, then there are other aspects like the users feel that they're, they're losing control. Initially it was, you know, they had a lot of say freight forwarders were giving them, you know, gifts, right? Yeah. Uh, probably a bottle or expensive bottle of wine or something something like that right but uh when google comes in it becomes more of a process rather than a person dependent thing it does Why none? Yes, then it's, it's less or none right so it's it's, it's like that so the third is that uh is google comment so it's it's a process and it's an important active part of the sales process to make sure that the user and the decision maker are aligned mm-hmm. they both are agreeing to the value proposition and wants to want to go ahead that is not happening your sales is not gonna happen wait out wait it out Fourth is uh, a lot of customers ask for us for a pilot or a POC. Uh, we give them a one month free, sometimes paid POC or pilot, but now we make sure that the determinants of success and uh, failure that POC are very clearly defined on an agreement or a state. Uh, right. So, yeah. Sorry. I was going to say, I, I didn't want to interrupt you, but what are the, 
what's the criteria that defines whether or not you give it you get you give the pilot for free or, or you charge for it uh see the criteria is the complexity sometimes uh complexity and the scale because mm-hmm. if it's a small company let's say a company which is doing like say 225 shipments a month which is not smaller in general but small for us right uh, we mm-hmm. have this. um so in that case yes uh, free POC doesn't work, does, uh, we don't mind because you just have to probably train two users for it right Gotcha. But for a large company, yes, you would need a paid one because the scale is huge. The complexity is huge. Uh, you would need to, you know, build some sort of configurations in the software for them to really work on. So yes. These are some determinants. Uh, so then there's a pallet, free or paid uh, pallet, then comes into a commercial negotiation and a closure that means purchase order released from the customer. Um, so these are six steps starts from uh, set meetings, DM, KPM matching, users, uh, pilot, commercial negotiation, and then purchase on completion. Wow, so very complex, that's, right? That's, that's, so we have to define it. Uh, we define the process in such a way. Mm-hmm. That's good. I mean, it looks like everything's and and all of this has been built out in a period of what four years since two thousand six. So. So, so yeah, so we basically started 2016 and, and we are in the, so three years, 2017, April, we started selling GoComet wow. uh, actually in the market. So it's been three years. That's awesome. That's really cool. And so what, what were mostly product dev rather than sales dev really. Yeah. So, so that's fair. Yeah. That's great. What does marketing look like at the enterprise level in such a unique niche? So again, our marketing, I'll tell you the thesis of the marketing. Uh, The thesis is basically, uh, we have to educate our customers Mm -hmm. because uh, our product is niche and, uh, and second is it is, uh, it is solving a unique problem as we discussed, right? So marketing is more of educational, right? That you have to make sure that you write a lot of content, blogs, get featured in, you know, Gartner or all these magazine, all these premium journals. And start, you know, educating the customers that you exist and you solve a need. So it gives some, our salespeople, some sort of a firepower right, to you know, sell. Um, second aspect is once the company is in our funnel, either through, you know, a direct call, LinkedIn or something, it gets into a CRM. And then we basically retarget those enterprises using the content and marketing strategies. And that's again, the thesis is just educational, mm-hmm. educational. Mm-hmm. So that's, and I, that's think, I think a lot of, you know, obviously a lot of enterprise is, is you have to educate people on, on, on the software, especially if it's cutting edge, right? Like there's nobody else doing it or anything like that. You just, that's what you decided to do. So now you got to deal with it. <laughs> um, but the other thing is how can you do that at scale? Um, we are still figuring that out. Yeah. Uh, at scale, see, there are tools to really scale that up because, uh, you know, it's not about writing more content. It's about distributing content. Right. It's distributing it to the right people. Cause if, I mean, if the content's there, you, you only really need, I mean, this is obviously just a ballpark, right? But if you have 20 pieces of content that just walk somebody through the entire process, yeah, you could potentially just get away with that. It's just, are the right people looking at it? Exactly. That's the idea. So at scale, there are a lot of things that uh, we are doing. Um, obviously, it starts with you know marketing drip campaigns, um, uh, and then um, 
writing content getting it featured in uh, you know key industry journals uh, new, newsletters blogs all these things um the idea is just so the the processes have to be built for scale so for example let's say you have say 5000 companies or 5000 unique companies with say 10000 user base right now looking at that content that you'd ideally like to approach um if the number scales 10 times the processes should be such that that it should be the same process scaling everything else yes right? we just more number of people that you're sending it to mm-hmm. so that's what we have that's what we we have developed uh, recently nice very cool now another question that i wanted to ask is um about how many people are currently working for go comet and then the other one is how do you manage the team yeah so these are uh challenges that you know it's as a young founder you do and 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 there's no right answer right like it's always going to be like it's always going to be a process so and there's always room for improvement so it's not you know it's not to say you know i'm not asking to see if you're doing it right or something i just want to see know. You know, how you're doing it no i'm i'm very transparent i'm very upfront um, you can point it out if i'm doing something wrong and and uh, you're probably doing things right <laughs> <laughs> no no i i i'm really uh, i really like to be you know uh, critic uh, mm-hmm. to my uh, approach to things it, it helps me improve things so um, right now around 55 people are working for gocomet across uh, offices in mumbai uh, bangkok uh, singapore uh, and there are two smaller offices in uh, bangalore and delhi which are primarily seen so mumbai is the biggest office which has a majority of the people across tech product uh sales uh, account management customer success every all the other hr all the other things are in mm-hmm. mumbai exactly. um so um so the way we manage it is uh, we are four founders right so each has their own uh, teams so basically i handle uh, business development sales uh, i also handle the board investor relations fundraising uh, gautam he handles basically product key account management customer success gautam along with the person called prasad they basically handle this entire piece that is between sales and tech right everything between sales and tech these guys handle and they make sure the product delivery is fine what is the next set of product additions how how to make the product more valuable how to make it more sticky all those things they just figure out so that's the kind of the think tank in the company and then uh, the tech so basically there uh, they build the right algorithms they build the right product features So basically, Ayush and Mayul, uh, my other two founders, they ensure that the right kind of tech uh, pro- uh, products and tech uh, systems are in place, uh, and they handle the tech team. So we have defined defined the teams uh, between all of us, like, right? Very quite clearly. Uh, the way I manage team, uh, it's sales, inside sales, uh, and um, uh, for investor relations, basically, it's just me <laughs> right now. Um, the way I manage my team is that we. Uh, there are a couple of things as i told you right we have a limited funnel and one thing that i know is uh, like closing go comet right these guys are you know sales uh, sales rock stars right i and they they know how to sell but they don't know how to close go comet right so week or week i have discussions uh, with my sales team obviously there is a crm in place which makes sure that all the data is there for every part and every process of the sales team but uh, week or week i have a call with each and every one of them this team is still small right so uh like probably a 30 minutes on an hour conversation on how their funnel is moving has anything moved it's awesome and uh, people who might in meet like the, i'm in singapore based on singapore so uh, john uh, he heads singapore and malaysia very senior guy great guy 
So I work with John almost, uh, you know, from whom I, him, I can actually see face to face, work with him a lot. But for everyone else, I just have like a one hour conversation at least a week. Make sure that, you know, where they are, where they're struggling and have multiple conversations. Do definitely be a part of their active sales cycle as well. If they need to you know, show the face of the co-founder in, in a deal, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the person, right? So That's great. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. You have to understand now, what they're going through. So <laughs> it's, that's, that's very important, right? Now to kind of switch gears here and talk more about, you know, the personal side of, of, growing a business, being an entrepreneur and, and all these things. One of the, 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 one of the questions that I really like to ask is, let's say you were to go back to 2016, knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself or what would you do differently from say day one? Um, good question. So basically three things, uh, I think, uh, first would be, uh, you know, I, my uh, nature or, you know, my persona is more of, you know, uh, hustler and kind of go get it right. And, you know, uh, aggressive in, in that sense. Right. So I, I can sell, I'm quite confident on that. Right. I can sell as a founder. I'm very passionate about building your comedy. It's really fun. So uh-huh. I definitely can do that. But uh, one thing that I would tell myself is to, you know, learn how to develop and train people, which I've learned uh, literally just last year. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because you know, at a certain point of time, we were facing issues with scaling GoComet because our salespeople were not trained enough. So mm-hmm. I need to you know build myself into them. And a lot of senior people told me that you know you should do that, but I was like, no, it'll all happen if you just hire great guys. They will start selling. Mm-hmm. So that is first thing is to scale the team along with how I and impart my learnings there. How did you do that? So we have a very solid. Uh, training program for people now. So we train them across industry, sales processes. Uh, uh, and How did you do it yourself? How did you, cause okay. you said you had, to, you had to learn it first and able to be able to teach them. So how did you learn it? So I, uh, so what I did was the, at this stage, obviously you don't have that much data, but you start learning from case studies of the kind of companies that you've closed and the kind of companies gotcha. that you've closed. Start really thinking what happened? How did you close them? What were the key, determinants for that and then start putting into uh, documentation. It's very simple, but it goes a long way. Let's start yeah. documenting everything that you've done and uh, it'll, it'll yield results. It de- definitely. Then you can build a training program on top of it. Mm-hmm. Started, you know, uh, pitching uh, as, as if I was pitching a customer doing mock pitches, uh, you know, and tough mock pitches and then coming up with a lot of data, FAQs, everything. So we've developed people across industry because our industry is a niche, right? So uh, you need to understand international freight really well to sell. Yeah. It is uh, sales processes, what to say, what not to say, how to pitch. And uh, third is basically uh, solutioning, how product works, how go- can GoComet solve these problems or not. So mm-hmm. we across these three things. Very well couple questions here and then we, we can start wrapping up. Do you, are you, are you married, uh, single, anything like that kids? No, no, no. It's early. I'm 26 now. So, uh, but, uh, I do have a, I have a girlfriend and uh, okay. she's, uh, she's an Australian. So awesome. We, yeah. So that's, that's about it. Yeah. How, uh, how do you balance, um, you know, work time, time for her time for family, yeah, so um, I'm quite rooted, quite attached to my family. Um, dude, uh, I mean, 
these days it's it's fr frankly i don't see it that hard because you know facetime and skype and all these things are there so you, i tend to have a lot of video calls with them if i'm away um you know rather than have a normal call with conversation try to have a video call it's it's better yeah. uh, it's really better even a 30 minutes conversation can be quite impactful um second um i do take off my time from work right there are days like for example over a weekend like a saturday or sunday i meditate a lot right almost you know 3 hours straight uh, meditate uh, that's awesome so yeah it's important to keep myself you know uh, balanced else nothing can yeah. work so yeah and weekends generally i spend if i have something urgent to do i have to do it or i do it like making a presentation or some work that i have procrastinated over the weekend i have to finish over the weekend uh but uh, i weekends i generally tend to catch up with friends family um, you know definitely uh, because my parents are in india so definitely have video calls so yeah that's that's yeah. It. weekends are for family primarily yeah perfect i actually have a friend in india and he told me recently he went to i don't i don't remember what for a meditation and i think it was like i want to say it was 24 hours just nothing uh just meditating and and he said it was completely life changing so um, i similar i went for a course like for 10 days uh it was a retreat and they for 10 days you can't speak right they take everything your phone books yeah uh, yeah i think maybe i don't remember if it was 24 hours maybe it was 10 days or i, I just remember a long time and every day you meditate 11 hours a day wow so, and it's you know it's 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 free of cost it's free of cost they don't charge you anything uh -huh. Oh, there you can't come back for ten days, right? So it's 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 like that. So I did that quite some time back, five six years back. So I'm I do that really, really uh, quite regularly. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and and do you have what are some of the companies that you look up to? Uh, SaaS companies. Yes, definitely. So um, a couple of them. So uh, there's one company called uh, Contentful, which I've recently started following. Um, similar sized it, they started they had a similar journey when they started and they have actually managed to kind of you know go across the board it started initially they started were selling probably products worth 100 150 dollars arr literally and now they are selling products worth 100000 150000 a million dollar arr as a i don't know about million but definitely you know, at the top of the spectrum Wow. Right. just uh, the journey has been incredibly amazing they have faced a lot of problems younger founders I mean, that point when they started, the founder was youngish. And so one, that is one company. Our other company is HubSpot. I love the way they have, you know, done work on the marketing, you know. Yeah, they, dom they dominate every marketing keyword you can think of. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, you know, they've, they've, the, the way they have built a product, it's, it's simple, but super effective. Yeah. Uh, love the way uh, HubSpot works. Uh, so, yeah, these are a couple of companies that I really look up to. Great. Do you have any books that you recommend? A um, couple of them. So these recently I started reading a book, finished a book called Business Adventures um, by John Brooks. Uh, it's a book on, you know, a lot of case studies in the past 50, 60 years on how uh, interesting things happen in the business world. So that's interesting. And another is uh, Founders at Work. Uh, it's, I haven't read it. I've heard really good things about it. Yes, again, I love to read case studies uh, of what has happened, go yeah. deep into them, and see how companies were framed in the initial years. Mm -hmm. So, which is again very, very interesting. Very cool. And a couple last questions here. We'll start wrapping up. Where, where can people find you online? Shit. 
so i'm not that social but i'm very active on linkedin okay. <laughs> i'm not that active on facebook or twitter or anything but i'm uh-huh. active on linkedin okay uh, so feel free to reach me out so my name is chitransh sahai uh, it's a unique name you'll just find me yeah uh, so you will just go on linkedin or search go comment and you'll be reached and my email id is chitransh@gocomment.com so feel free to buzz me awesome and last question here do you have any questions for me um so yeah so um, like uh, what are I, I, since you've seen a lot of companies what are the companies that you personally follow i always wanted to mention uh, and early stage companies still early or mid stage companies but which you follow or which you're certainly imp- uh, impressed with would love to follow them yeah. earlier stage companies my favorite right now uh like just my complete i don't know it's it's a notion you probably heard of it which one sorry notion notion.so just okay. amazing uh if you if you think of you know trello plus asana plus every other sort of collaboration tool you could think of put together plus excel mm. uh but in a way that actually makes sense it's it's insane what they're doing it looks beautiful you can make anything on it um so that's one of my favorites right now hubspot obviously they're not really early stage anymore but like you said it's just i don't think there's anybody out there that doesn't look up to them Um yes. so I'd say those and then another one is actually one of my clients right now but it's called Glorify um and they're like Canva uh think of Canva but only for e-commerce uh it's yeah, just exactly. it's really really cool um they're we're doing I mean they're doing a really good job with the product uh the team is super awesome so it's it's really I think uh you can check out the website's glorifyapp.com but okay. doing some really cool stuff with that got it and Thanks, uh, uh some good companies yeah and uh so that's really it thank you so much for being on here chit it was a pleasure having you and uh if for anyone that's watching listening make sure you you subscribe you you like it if you don't like it just give it a thumbs down i guess uh, but thank you all for listening and and thank you so much for being on here and sharing your your journey so far I really appreciate it thank you so much sri thank you take care bye